0: Welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast, everybody. I am Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me are my guys Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell, also of Dogs 24-7. And uh, it's a bye week. It's a work week. It's a work week for Georgia. It's a work week for us at Dogs 24-7. We're coming back to you for the second time this week. We've already talked 23-17 over Notre Dame. Georgia picks up a big win. And, uh, and today... With it being the off week, with it being uh, kind of a little bit of a break for everybody, we got a little something different. We're going to talk uh, recruiting, and we're going to talk recruiting from a perspective of us three covering recruiting and some of the coolest things and and uh, funniest uh, moments and and things like that 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 we've kind of encountered on the recruiting trail. We're going to talk dogs in the NFL at the end of the show, and we're going to jump right into it. Uh, because uh who knows how long some of these stories could last that we've gotta tell because you you covered recruiting, you've seen some stuff. You've seen, you've experienced some stuff, Rusty. Uh, I can tell you itching to go, man. What's uh I I don't know exactly how to phrase this, but what's your recruiting story of choice
1: here? Ooh, um I'll go with two. I'll go with with uh a little behind the scenes on laramie tonsil because i get asked that so much and i always tell the board if i ever write a book that that there would be probably some laramie tonsil stuff in there um
0: if you do you need to quote me in it because i think
1: i'll I'll be in this
0: spend some time on laramie tonsil sideline and and that's a great story in and of itself so
1: we're all we all would have some laramie tonsil moments um i'll give you two quick ones uh My biggest mess up, I would say, and one I regret to this day because it took me so long to get to him uh, just because of the world he's in now. Uh, But anybody that grew up in the 90s that were following recruiting, I I can just see uh, Lake Norman and and Dog Pound and Crit and all them guys. I can just see them sweating and listening to this story. Georgia recruited in 1994. Had, you know, that was a class with Heinz Ward and Redell Anthony and Fred Taylor and all these guys who wind up being freak shows. But really and truthfully, the guy that was in that class was George Lombard, the number one running back in the country. It uh, was in Atlanta, Lovett High School. Ironically, it got down because Notre Dame in the 90s, well, they, they're, they're top 10 now, but Notre Dame in the 90s was still like one of the top two programs. I mean, they were still the premier national name, uh, you know, they were still recruiting at a high level. And Georgia and Notre Dame basically got down to to this, um, the number one running back in the country, George Lombard, and ultimately signed with Georgia. Well, about three or four years ago, I get him on the phone and talk to him about the whole recruiting process, what he went through and all that stuff, and then ultimately signed with the Braves, and now he's the first base coach believe for the los angeles dodgers who still you know played baseball for many many years made it for a little while i think but you know he told me some great stuff man i'm sitting there the whole time during this interview going god this is great i hope i can even write this he's you know he's talking about the official visit with you know uh he's there with Heinz ward and in athens and georgia beats kentucky that night I and mean, the place was just the weekend was just crazy and it was kind of weird because you know him and fred taylor i believe were there at the same time so Kind of who was going to beat who to the punch to, to commit to Georgia? Well, Lombard gave his silent commit that night, and I think a couple of days later, Fred Taylor, who was going to Florida anyway, probably, uh, you know committed to Florida. So um, I think um, I, I think listen to that story, he signs with Georgia. They get the number one player in the country, number one running back in the country. Everybody's excited. Well, you don't really think baseball is that big a threat until your own senior trip. Uh, in Hawaii, and you get a contract close to a million dollars signing bonus. The Braves drafted him, and man, you know, he had to call home and talk to his family and And they really made a decision right then that that football was done. And you know here you are, Georgia. you signed the number one running back in the country. Uh, and it was a huge recruiting battle and great get for Ray golf. I think about a lot of that decision because, you know, the next year, georgia because of george lombard not getting there they switched over robert edwards from defensive back to running back so they wind up getting a you know an nfl first rounder or second rounder, whatever robert went running uh, back you man and back you, you but Woo, you think about over. that yeah wow. you him over and uh you know where so many worlds changed because of the decision for george lombard to to play uh baseball but with all that being said, man, I spent about eight or nine minutes on the phone. Great guy. Great guy. Uh, and believe it or not, my damn tape recorder was not turned on. And I just remember, man, hanging up the phone, and I looked at my tape recorder.
0: <laughs> We've all been it, there, man.
1: It said zero, zero, zero. And I texted him back about five minutes later. to George. I don't want to say this, but my tape recorder was not on. Never heard from him again. Boy, I tell you what, and it was one of these days I'm gonna get him. Uh, and I hope nobody on this podcast takes an idea. I'm gonna get George Lombard again and, and get that story because it would be the equivalent of you know uh, DeAndre Swift or Zach Evans or whoever. You know that was the type of recruit he was, and he was the guy then. In fact, when you go down to Love, if you ever go into Love and looking at Jim, there's a picture of him over of 33 on the wall. Man, this dude. I mean, he's six. One six two two fifteen two twenty big nasty fast high academic kid. I mean, he had he checked every box and would have been a superstar at Georgia. Uh, but again, you know, wind up doing eight or nine, I think eight or nine years in baseball, and, he, and he's still coaching today. So for him, it was the best decision, I'm sure. But for Georgia fans, will always be that what if? Uh, and, and I wonder, you know, with Robert Edwards, you know, what, where his career path would have been had George Lombard, uh, you know, actually been there. So Things work out, but for me that day it didn't it didn't work out at all. <laughs> so Well staying in that same vein, I
0: wanna hear Kipps. I wanna hear Kipps uh we'll, we'll come back to you on the uh on, yeah. on on the tonsil thing, but I want to hear Kip's uh uh kind of biggest goof. What well, what was yours, Kip?
2: Oh gosh, I mean I could do a top ten slideshow of biggest goof. <laughs> 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 it was, <laughs> it's still and it still have to go. I'd still have to put two or three of them in each slide, probably. I mean, I, I, I uh, you know, I've had some good ones over the years. And going along with Rusty, I think probably at least six or seven of my ten best interviews have probably been lost to the, uh, you know, the recorder gods. That's why you know, I always use I use two recorders now. I don't leave anything to chance anymore. I'll have three different things recording at the same time, and I'll immediately email it to myself. But you know, what I was just thinking of this morning, actually, I think this is, goes back to uh, 2000, 2010. It's my first full year on the job covering recruiting for Georgia. And, you know, I'd, I'd gotten in with some, you know, some of the in-state prospects, gotten in pretty good. And one of the guys I would gotten a pretty good relationship with was, was defensive lineman Garrison Smith, uh, Douglas High School, a school that... At that time, had been pretty decent. They were they were putting out some pretty good players, and, and he was one of those guys that just felt comfortable enough with me. And I think January or February of that year to to go ahead and give me the commitment story. He's like, "Hey, I'm already silently committed to Georgia, and uh, you know we can come and do a photo shoot and do everything." And, and so I was like, "All right, let's 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 knock this out." So we we do the photos. These guys Georgia head on. Everything's great. And this is kind of a two-parter on the screw up um so summer hits he still hasn't gone public with his commitment everything's still fine as far as where things stand but uh i i remember you know it was getting close we had uh loaded up the video into the server at the time and i think he planned on going uh at the end of july toward the end of july and i remember I was going to the concession stands at, uh, at Turner Field, and I, I got a text saying, we got a problem. And someone had hit the date. Someone had made the video go live for about a minute and a half of his commitment video. And uh, I, I stopped breathing for about a couple minutes because this is my first cycle. I mean, this is kind oh. of, you know, this is a big deal. Little. So uh, that had to be taken down. I had to do a little bit of out of a fire there that's always our worst nightmare that something like that is going to go live a story before we want it to uh that got put out pretty quick and but then you know he he announces his commitment goes public we go live with the news it's on our front page and immediately our members start asking questions the the photo we used is a little different than what garrison smith looks like now he had uh he had grown like a his hair out real long. He had a full beard. This photo, clean shaven, short hair, and then behind him, no leaves on the trees. So it's the middle of summer, and people start asking, they're like, that doesn't look like what trees are supposed to look like in July. And then they started asking me when uh when this had had this photo shoot had taken place. The cat was kind of out of the bag there. I don't know if that's so much a screw up. I just thought it was pretty funny at the time because there wasn't really much I could say about that. But yeah, yeah that, that one was a that one was a pretty big one at uh, at the time, and and it caused me to kind of uh, I think I lost a year or two of my life just uh, during wow. that moment at Turner Field. I was just, you know we when we get our days off, it's you know it's a big thing, and then that was supposed to be where I, I was able to. To get back about six months of my life, and and it went the 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 opposite way for me. So that that's one that I actually had just been thinking about today and remembering. You know, he went on to to be a pretty solid starter for Georgia, and and uh, just one of the definitely one of the nicer recruits that I covered. You know, in the last thirteen years,
0: I uh, I've got several myself that that I can kind of think back on and be like, oh man, you really messed up there. Um, one of them though, was one that I kind of got bailed out on and, um, it was, I was, I was interviewing and to be honest with you, I can't really remember who it was. Uh, I want to say it was a kid who didn't want to be on camera and it was at an event. Uh, it was at a, um, at an event at rivals whenever I was working back there. And, uh, Kip also, by the way, I've experienced what you've experienced before. It happened with Kendall Baker. Uh, where we had a recruiting – we had a video shot. We had it in the system. It went live before it was supposed to. And there's no worse feeling in the world than that. There's no worse feeling than being like, this kid trusted me with this, with his moment, and I and and whether I messed it up or not, it's messed up, so it's going to come out on me. But I remember getting on the board immediately after that and telling people, hey, uh, kid's visiting Auburn tomorrow. And he said he was. He never did. But But, you know, you're sitting there trying to kind of throw some – doubt in there and salvage what you can about the situation but it's an awful feeling but i was at a camp and and i want to say it was i want to say it was uh maybe elijah hood uh, who was considering george at the time and george ended up taking i believe nick chubb and sony michelle in that class so it didn't really even matter but elijah had told me um on on tape i had my recorder there he said he didn't want to do a video and i had like a camcorder on a tripod. And uh, so I just kind of turned that to the side. And uh, I had a, um, I had a, had a, it was, it definitely was Elijah Hood now that I think about it. And I had the recorder there and I'm sitting there talking to him. He tells me Georgia's his leader, tells me why, tells me why he's feeling Georgia more than any other program, but how still it's very much not over. And you know, you guys know how that is. Somebody names a leader that's, I mean, come on! I mean, that's that's kind of a, a huge deal for us. You know, you, you're the first person to put that out and gets a lot of buzz. And you know, it's, it's it's almost the next best thing between like breaking that a kid's gonna visit or a kid's gonna commit. So I'm um I'm working that out and get through same situation as Rusty, looking at the recorder zero zero zero. And funny thing was I had just cleaned my recorder completely off, so it was. there was only one recording supposed to be on there. And it was like one of one, nothing. And I'm like, oh, my God, what has happened here? What? Oh, terrible. So about a week, two weeks passes, and I'm getting ready to shoot another video with another recruit. And uh, I look and I'm like, man, where did this video come from? Pointing straight at the grass. And uh, it was that whole Elijah Hood interview on the on camera because i had started the recording and i had turned it away had it the whole time i mean had it for two weeks opportunity to just transcribe what i had everything was easily heard clear as day had a microphone on that thing and everything and uh no dice so that was uh you know i could have i could have slapped myself for that for at least not checking or looking through what i had but i guess i was just so frustrated that i had left it off the recorder but uh, missed scoop because you really don't know what you're doing with your technology. Basically, is what that was, and that's nothing new. I'm I'm kind of terrible with technology, but uh, since that time though, I have caught myself in a situation where I've had a had a camcorder and not a uh, an actual recorder, and I've done the same thing. I've just kind of held the camcorder there and recorded the audio <laughs> via that because you gotta have it. I mean, there there's just no way around it these days. You got to have it. You can't get by with the old school. Taking notes and paraphrasing what somebody says as a quote because it'll get called out and it'll get called out quickly. Uh, so, so that's that's probably the one that stands out to me the most simply because of the boneheaded feeling I had a couple weeks later realizing that I that I actually did have the audio. Uh, Rusty, I'm sure everybody's wanting to
1: hear this one. Tell us about Laramie Tonsil. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it. We're we gonna you promised me we're gonna do another one of these.
0: Another one of what?
1: Behind the scenes, the oh
0: story. no doubt, no doubt.
1: I'm gonna piss everybody off, and I'm gonna make them wait for the next one on Tunson. I got one; they made. Oh not.
0: my God, Rusty! They're gonna I, riot.
1: <laughs> Boy, I can see Amp and all those guys right now, ready to move me. I'm gonna uh, move because I think somebody's probably looked up my I, address already. I, I, this ain't my fault, guys. Don't come to my house. Throw a curveball. I got a good one. Uh, Alec Ogletree. I had an event in Rome. Um. I don't like where this is going. We were working for Scout.com at the time. I heard this
0: one. This is a good one.
1: Me and Chad me and Chad put together a dinner. The deal was Darlington was doing a seven on seven that day. We had all we had like Mac Brown. We had Derek Rogers, who was committed to Georgia at the time. We had all these guys there on campus that day. We were here. I said, Let's do a dinner. Heck, let's try to make a few bucks off something. So we reach out to Georgia, secure Mike Bobo reach out to Alabama and we secure Kirby Smart. They could not be in the room at the same time as the recruits. And it was uh, Alec Ogletree, I can't remember. I know Derek Rogers, who was a five-star wide receiver. He was committed to Georgia at the time. And I know Mac Brown, who was a major, major Georgia running back, tart me okay. But Alec Ogletree, we got him to come, and, and uh, we kind of gave him an award, whatever. This was the middle of summer. So, we're standing there, and it was funny because Kirby and and Mike could not be in that room with those recruits. So they waited each other out. Alec Ogletree was late. When Alec Ogletree pulled up in that parking lot, somebody—not uh, me—but somebody tipped both of those guys off. So they walked out in the parking lot and they just put their eyes on him. They didn't talk to him. There was no violation. He did. They just wanted to make sure that guy saw they were there. Alec. You know, very kind of quiet guy, but he was number one player in the state. Um, we we get each guy up, interview him, talk about the process, talk about what we knew about him. We did some QA with some guys from the from that were there. And I'll never forget this. Alec is in the hallway fixing his coat. It was a coat and tie type deal. And Alec looked and he said, uh, me and Chad are both standing there, and Alec said, Man, I think I'm about ready to get this over with. And Chad said, it it won't take long. said, we're just going to have you up there about five minutes. He goes, no, I think I'm ready to make my decision. And I remember turning and looking, and I said, do what? And he said, can I commit right here? And we both about passed out. I mean, literally both about passed out. I run for a camcorder, trying to grab any camcorder we have. And I didn't know if he was going to do it or not. Chad does an interview with him up on stage, goes through the normal recruiting questions, and he goes, hey, won't, you know, you ready to get this thing over with? And he kind of looks and he says, yeah, I'm committed to Georgia. Place went bonkers. I mean, there was no Twitter or none of that kind of stuff. So the immediate social media was not there with him. The only thing we could do was get it to YouTube. I remember literally almost shaking as, as we took that uh, video. Of, of Scout at the time was, was videoing. He went, he got the recording, went straight to YouTube. I'm standing in the hallway, just shocked at what just happened, just absolutely shocked. And I watched Alec Ogletree call Coach Rick, and Coach Rick was on vacation and tell him, Hey, man, I'm committing. I didn't think to record that. This this, this didn't come to your mind then. Uh, I'm standing there, and I remember um, some of Mike Bobo's family was there. And 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 he called, you know, word word flew through the Georgia staff. I'm sure immediately, and they called back and was asking the, the family, did he just really commit? And and, and his sister or brother-in-law or whoever at the time was there was like, yeah, he just committed. So, um, you know, that's how Georgia staff found out. It was it was nuts. But <laughs> the, the, I know Kip's cringing right here. I will look it out at Al Ogletree. And I said, man, I, I, I can't believe that just happened. You know, congratulations for you making your college decision. I said, won't you just turn your phone off all weekend and just enjoy it? And I, and listen, I, I, it was on my kid's life was just kidding. Nothing, nothing really, you know, that's just kind of a comment that came in my mouth. The kid turned his phone off for the weekend. <laughs> so we had not only do we have exclusive of him committing, he didn't have his phone on for two days. For Saturday and Sunday, so nobody could get in touch with him. I, I remember that that video had sixty or seventy thousand views, which was unheard of at that point uh, through three days. But you want to talk about one that fell in our lap and one that just really shocked everybody because I, I really think he just walked in there and said, "Man, I'm I'm done with it." His brother was there, uh, his mom and dad were there. Timing was right for him, but I remember the shock in that whole crowd because nobody was expecting Alec Ogletree. That wasn't set up. That wasn't staged. Not one person thought Alec Ogletree was about to commit, or that whole place would have been bonkers.
0: And, you know, that's one of the cool parts about working with you guys now is, you know, we were all three at three separate sites at one point covering recruiting, competing against one another. Um, You know, and I was fairly new to it at the time for you know a couple years, and and, uh, you know, looking back at some of the scoops you guys got over me and, and you know, I, I would hope that once that was or twice it was, it was the same. Sure. It's just kind of one of those things where it's like, man, I you know, six, seven, eight years ago, you, you couldn't have told me that I'd ever work with both of these guys on the same website and do what we do. Because I just, I just wanted to beat. It was is a, a big brother type thing. I just wanted. To, I lo- I always appreciated and liked both of you, but I was always like, man, I just want to beat them.
1: I just you know, want to get them I just want to get them on this. You and I I'm, I'm sure Kip had some of that going on that day. You know you know you look at this and 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 back then how come and Kip knows this and Jake knows this how competitive it was to break something. Oh man, huge. It was huge like that was you either broke it or you didn't and you owned it. If you now if you break something within 30 seconds everybody's got it. It doesn't matter now.
0: Yeah, now the focus just has to be on owning it. Now the focus yeah. has to be on like all right, you broke it, but I'm going to get seven stories up around it and really pick yeah. it apart and and that's how you win these things but no you're totally right on that and, and you almost had a philosophy at the time of where I would I would take about five six guys going into a class and I would be like all right they may beat me on somebody else but I, I'm not gonna let them beat me on these five or six yeah. guys I'm gonna spend yeah. all my time and effort making sure that this kid trusts me likes me has yeah. yeah. to tell me first
1: I tell people all the time recruiters college coaches recruited the kids to sign we recruited them for the information i mean we needed those kids to trust us and you had to build that relationship with their families and that type of thing we've all won battles the same way but that was a stroke of luck that was unbelievable exposure and weekend for that deal but man it was that was i will never forget him saying how long you know i'm ready to do this and we're like okay oh my goodness it's about to happen
0: yeah, I I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, shoot, man, I spent I spent three hours at the country buffet in Valdosta one time trying to get in good with the Dyshawn Sims and his family so that he'd let me break his commitment, and he did. So that was that was, you know, good payoff. I've never seen a family eat so much food though. That that whole group just I thought they were gonna put that buffet out of business. Uh, Kip, what do you got as far as just your best? Uh, we'll go positive or funny uh, recruiting story. I'm still, it's taken everything
2: <laughs> everything <laughs> in my being that the, 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 I'm holding back from. I remember that day like it was yesterday. That phone was off and I, I was beside myself. I, I was texting Mac Brown. Uh, I was yeah. trying to remember who else was there. If like Jalen Fields yeah. was there or like uh, somebody else was there. Because I was texting him. I was like, what just happened? The shock uh, and just the yes. the pure pain I was going through when that went down, uh, I remember to this day. And so, I got to remember one of those, I guess, that that went my way. Um,
1: oh yeah, I know which one's coming too, because you got I mean, I, which one? I probably the one involving Osta. Well, that one went
2: pretty well for me, I gotta say, but it didn't go well because of anything I did. We're talking about Josh Harvey Clemens down at Lounds. He was a five-star athlete at the time. Uh, I think, uh, you know, it was decision day. He announced on ESPN that he was going to be going to Georgia. I worked at ESPN at the time. And I remember being back in the hotel trying to get the copy up. It's a pretty long process with ESPN, a lot of proofreading and everything. It's tough to get news up quickly there. And I remember being in the hotel room with a former colleague uh, of yours, Corey Dowler, a good friend of mine. And we were shacked up together. And, you know, he was writing his copy uh, for us, actually, the, at the time. I
1: don't know if I use the term shacked up, but I'll just say y'all were.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> We we were we were we were uh, we were I'm buddies just, and we were splitting it. the hotel room tab and the bar tab together. I'm and uh, so everybody else had already written their stories because they didn't need to. I guess put it uh, as much time into it as I did. But also I was just a slow rider, still am. So I'm just I'm still there. Everybody else is left. Some some outlets use stringers. Everyone's left town. I'm the only one just left in Valdosta at the time
0: wait up right. on that for just sake, Kip? So the night before that, you know, they had the he was supposed to narrow it down to two, right, and did it.
2: Yeah, we went to the the
0: steakhouse uh, in Valhalla. So I can't outlets, remember three outlets. I believe employed the same stringer that night. Like a stringer is a guy that you pay independently as kind of a freelance guy to go cover a story that maybe you're not able to get to. And for those of you that don't know what that is, and if I'm not mistaken you know i was at rivals at the time i'm pretty sure we paid a a stringer and two other people paid the same stringer to cover that pre-signing day Uh, (laughs) announcement
2: i remember the guy bragging about it i think it's austin's cattle company and i always it was yeah we're always there and it was Vodasta. i had been through my fair share of of guys down there announcing whether it was uh, greg reed uh telvin smith and, and now Josh Harvey Clemens. So it's it's been a pretty, you know, every single one of those had plenty of twists and turns. So I was kind of prepared for. It. But he he's supposed to announce the top two or three, and he named the top five. And I remember all of us just laughing and just just shaking our heads because this is the night before, you know, he's announcing, and he and he gave a top five, and but everybody had left town. I remember getting a text about one or two uh, on signing day saying what's going on and you know i i didn't know so i was like what do you mean They're like well the letter of intent's not in you know he'd announced at like 9 or 10 a.m so several hours had gone by and and nothing no news from athens so i just jump in the car and, and drive over there to to lounge and I'm, I'm walking back around where i had just been and, and I'm, I'm i'm asking the uh You know, the people on on the coaching staff there, what's going on? And they're like, Josh isn't here. He went home. And I was like, why? He's like, well, as soon as he announced for Georgia, his grandfather went straight home. And lo and behold, he took those uh, letter of intent papers with him. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Uh And so everyone's been trying to get Josh on the phone. And no one's had any luck. And this, again, not based on any ability for me as a journalist, but um, I remember when he was on his Miami official visit, he had uh, he lost his phone during the official visit, had to get a brand new one. So he didn't have the numbers saved on there. And Josh, at this point in the cycle, he what he hadn't been taking any calls. But I I remember I had gotten his new number and hadn't used it yet, so I just rung him up and just happened to get him on the phone again, just pure blonde luck, and asked him, you know, what's going on? He's like, well, I'm still committed to Georgia, but, you know, uh, Woodrow doesn't want, you know, he he wants me to go somewhere else. And so at this point, we're, we're doing research we hadn't done before. We're learning that, you know, he has to have, you know, one of them sign it. Because uh, the you have to be, I think, it's not 18, I think it's like 21. You know, if you're if you're under 21, you, you have to have a parent or a legal guardian sign the letter of intent papers. And then at the same time, we also found out that since his, uh, since I, I believe uh, Woodrow and them, they're, they're educators, that they both had fax machines at home. They had the ability to send it in from there. They didn't have to go back to the school. So... You know, I I went and filed a brand new story of Josh Harvey Clemens still being committed to Georgia, but obviously Woodrow, they wanted him to go to Florida. They wanted, uh, you know, they thought that they would be able to go to those game days easier then. That's where they thought, uh, you know, it would be easier for them as a family to go see him play. But definitely always drama. When Georgia's recruiting, you know, just something about Vadasa and Lounge, you always get, you know, a little bit of drama that was uh, that was one of the you know one of the more interesting ones but i got to my i think my favorite as we're talking about back when we used to own stories before twitter was around it was about you know we could we could time a story whenever we kind of wanted to and i remember down in wilcox county you know then athlete nick marshall uh, i'd gotten the commitment story from him and i asked him and when do you want to run this? And he's like, whenever you want to. And I was like, all right, well, uh, how about we run this about 11.45 p.m.? And I, he was like, that sounds good to me. Cause, and so I, I remember running that commitment story at 11.45 p.m. knowing that he was in bed and he was going to school the next morning. And, and I don't think there was another commitment story with with a quote from him until about 9 or 10.30 a.m. the next morning because he didn't really answer his phone at all either and so basically you had to get the coaching staff at the school to hand him the phone and I I know that those interviews were very very short based on my memories of interviews with with Nick Marshall those were always one and two word interviews for the whole interview so I remember that one being kind of memorable just because you don't get a lot of planned commitment stories running basically at midnight
1: okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available h-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating my whole family can head deep into the wild conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: No doubt. And man, uh that Josh Harvey Clemens thing was wild. I know I made a couple trips down there just to get him after official visits and things like that. Obviously didn't go down there for the announcement because we we hired a stringer to go down there and do the thing the night before, but that was a crazy one. Obviously the Roquan one is is right there with it. That one was nuts too. Um, I'm going to look back at the, the recruitment of Montravius Adams and, uh, Clemson led there almost wire to wire. The only time they didn't lead when lead there was when it mattered. And that was on national signing day. But I remember the day that I found out Clemson wasn't in the lead. It was about 10 days before national signing day. Montrevious had yet to take his official visit to Auburn. I think that was the only one he had left. Georgia was actually trending a little bit for him Um, at the time. He had come off his official visit to Georgia, and I'd gone down there to kind of get his reaction to that. And uh, if you've ever been down there, and, Rusty, you and Kip both know this, uh, uh, that Jimmy Hughes is the man. His head coach is the man. Oh, yeah. Um, One of my favorite guys ever. And uh, sitting down there in the office just shooting a a bull with Jimmy Hughes – And uh, Clemson coaches walk in. Robbie Caldwell, Dan Brooks, um, two of the best guys you'll ever meet. And uh, we're all having a good time sitting there talking. I don't really notice what's going on. But uh, the weight room's right there. Both guys kind of walk into the weight room for a little bit. They come back a couple minutes later. A couple hours go by. I'm waiting for Montrevious to get through and the coaches to leave so that I can talk to them. And uh, I'm walking out before they are. And and I told both coaches, I was like, well – Cause it was perceived at the time he was pretty much Clemson lock. I was like, man, you guys are getting a great player. Dan Brooks snaps around. He looks at me and he goes, "We ain't getting that guy." And I said, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Man, did you notice he didn't talk to us the whole time we were there?" And I was like, "Man, you're right." And Robbie Caldwell said, "Yep, it's on to the next." And they got in a car and left. <laughs> and uh, I was just—it was just—it kind of blew me away. Like all just that quick. Clemson knew they were out of it I don't even know how hard they much time they spent with him after that to try and get him, but you know just seeing two coaches kind of come to the realization they weren't getting a kid was pretty incredible and uh that was that was something I'll always be because you know, both those coaches went in there with khakis on and cowboy boots and and uh you know had had their Dooley County attire on and then bam uh they don't get the kid so uh, that was – that's definitely one of my more memorable moments. One of the craziest things I've seen just from worst – from first to worst that quick uh, was pretty crazy. Let's settle on some Georgia players in the NFL right quick here, guys, before we get loose. What about Miko Hardman on Saturday? What about what Miko Hardman's been able to do the past two weeks? Uh, I think he made a pretty good decision coming out early.
1: Speed, man. I mean, NFL speed. And the, he, he couldn't have went to a better fit for him, in my opinion. I mean, can you imagine getting drafted – and your freaking quarterback is Patrick Mahomes.
0: Man, he, kids on a different level. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, just, I mean, we could, I'd have a hard time not talking a whole podcast about Patrick Mahomes. Kip, have you seen any, uh, I know you end up watching a lot of NFL football, any Any Georgia players jumped out at you this year? Um, For me, I, I think that uh,
2: Matthew Stafford's gotten off to a pretty good start. I think you, you look at what, has been put around him in Detroit. I mean, just for his career, he's you know he's he's had to fire that that thing out and use that cannon quick, uh, you know, so far in his career. But I mean, he's he still continues to uh, to get it done. He's still one of the better quarterbacks in NFL. I would say he probably still has the strongest arm in the NFL. But you know, he uh, he led them to a win over the Eagles. Uh, last week, I, I think he's uh, you know, he's thrown for over 800 yards already. I, I think he's thrown for like six touchdowns so far. I just think it's just impressive because, I mean, you, the the guys that he's had around him on the offensive line and and in the offensive backfield, you know, over the last you know six seven eight years, it's just not been impressive in my mind. And I think that it's just kind of a lesson on. You know, how you can take a franchise quarterback and, and not build around him, uh, you know, for other franchises to kind of look at and, and see. I mean, you look at New England, they're always bringing guys in on that offensive line and they're always making sure that Tom Brady has plenty of guys around him to get the ball to. It just has not been the case in Detroit. I, I just think that, you know, Stafford's career and all said and done, I mean, the numbers are going to be insane and uh, he's definitely earned, you know, m- big-time contracts. But I just think he's one of the more uh, underrated players just with with what he has to work with, you know, on, on a weekly basis. I'll
0: tell you two guys that have really stood out to me this year. At 36 years old, uh, Thomas Davis with the Chargers, 34 tackles. Oh, yeah. Games. 34 tackles in three games. I mean, guys playing – Incredible football, and I tell you, another guy I thinks close to turning the corner. I've watched him play a couple times this year, and and he had two sacks in the opening week, and then um, he hasn't had one since, but had a couple pressures uh, last few games. Leonard Floyd, I think Leonard Floyd's really starting to come into his own as a pass rusher, and they use him a lot of the same ways that they did at Georgia by playing him in space and and moving him around. So, um, I, I think he's a guy whose best football is ahead of him at the NFL level too. And obviously Roquan Smith playing well in that defense. And, uh, you know, a lot of – you know, I've been watching more NFL football this year than I have in the past. And, and you know, Georgia players, obviously Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb, looking great. Um, you know, Todd Gurley's kind of off to a slow start, but I think you're going to see the best of Todd toward the end of the season. I think they've got him on a pitch count. Uh, but, but overall, exciting times for Georgia fans in terms of following NFL players. That's all we've got for today folks. We 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 kind of had to go abbreviated on the NFL part. We'll talk a little bit more about that um when we come back for our first show of next week. Um we'll be talking about Tennessee who apparently is 100 times better than they were last year. I don't think the record really reflects that, but uh, we'll get into that. We'll we'll get preview the Vols and and the rest of Georgia's SECE schedule. They got a little bit of a run coming in the month of October, but for this show that's all we've got. I'm Jake Rowe. With Dogs 24-7, Kip Adams and Rusty Mansella, Dogs 24-7. And this has been the Junkyard Dogcast. Take it easy, everybody.